And he's doing it from remotely. Okay. Should be working. Yeah, can you hear me? Hello? Hi, everybody. It's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And um, I give a shit. To, we are sponsored by um, Netflix today because you like to watch TV and we're an all-media company. So I think you should go and download um uh, House of Cards. It's really good. Matthew, have you ever seen House of Cards? Have you watched it? Oh, we talked about this last time. Yeah, it's good. Okay. I have to read to you um, this invitation about our All Borough Holiday Party. So we're having a All Borough Holiday Party, a scavenger hunt that launches on Saturday, November 28th. That's the first Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend. And between November 28th and December 12th, listen to Radio Free Brooklyn for clues on where to find scavenger hunt items at local businesses throughout Brooklyn. The person who collects the most items will win the grand prize of a brand new Massey Single speed bicycle from Velo Brooklyn Bike Shop. Do you know what a Massey speed bike is, Matthew? No. no. I'm sure it's a really good one. There will also be two runner-up prizes and swag awarded daily, but you have to play to win. Prizes will be awarded during Radio Free Brooklyn's holiday party at Beast of Bourbon, 710 Myrtle Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, on Saturday, September 12th from... 2 to 6 p.m. Stay tuned to Radio Free Brooklyn for more details in the days and weeks to come. All right. Hello, everybody. I am so glad you're here. And um, I'm here with Matthew Weinstein today. So this is this is kind of um, this is going to be a meta uh, radio session because let me just give you the background. Um, Matthew was on here in September and we had a lovely we had it we had an interesting i mean it was it was it was fun wasn't it or yeah, whatever yeah. it was an interesting informative uh it was it was pretty decent and um matthew on a friend of mine carol kaino who subsequently has since been on the show had a discussion about some of um the things that i could do to um improve my show which is or improve my my work really my role as a broadcaster or an interviewer and so Matthew graciously, Carol, um, Carol wrote the notes down. You guys were at a party, Matthew? Yeah, I know nothing about broadcasting, so I just probably should have shut up. No, no, you know, no, no. Here, get close to the mic. Get yeah. close to the mic. Okay, so here's the thing. Matthew, you're, you're just being totally generous to me for doing this, to give me notes. I mean, seriously. So don't, don't. All right. Don't hold back. All right. I can. T this is the point, okay. right? Um. So anyway, but you and Carol had a nice discussion, or I mean, I think, well. Yeah, yeah, we had a fun talk. And the feeling I got from Carol was that it was a very support, underlying, a be very supportive talk. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, I yeah. Wasn't, you weren't being trashed. No, no, <clears throat> I, 
Um, so, but before we get started on that, I just wanted, Matthew and I were talking about the show that he has up through December 12th at, and now I'm going to blank out on the name of the gallery. Jacob Lewis Gallery. Jacob Lewis Gallery. And um, the show is is wonderful. Um, and I think it's a good, from what I can tell, I think it, it has like a good range, sort of a good range of your work. What do you mm-hmm. think of it? Is that oh, yeah, would you, yeah. is that uh, why don't you say something about the show so you can like describe it instead of me trying to fucking do it? Well, it's a it's a new animated film, and two sculptures and three paintings. So it it has representatives of each way that I work in it. And and the address. Oh, uh, five twenty one West Twenty Sixth Street. And that's. December 12th, was that the right It's up till December 12th, yeah. And what is that, a Saturday? I don't know. Look it up on your calendars, folks. So anyway, I just wanted you to know that that's still going on, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And I'm glad that I I was saying to Matthew also that I was really glad that we got to spend time on the radio and hear about his work and his attitude towards it. So that when it came time to to actually see the work, I was able to bring a lot more to it. And I enjoyed that. But I've told you that, Matthew. You don't need to hear it again from me because I think part of the problem is, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm too I'm, – let's not talk about – well, let's find out what the problem is. Okay. So, Matthew, this is what I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking that what I would do is read the notes oh, that yeah, Carol yeah, sent me. <laughs> this is hilarious. This is like this is like me begging you to trash me. Okay. Um, so I'm going to read the notes, <laughs> okay. and then we can discuss, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, what your feelings were. Sure, sure. Yeah. You're awesome for doing this. Um, okay. So anyway, uh, Carol said that um, – and these, this actually is all kind of consistent and adds up to a picture to me. I think it will to, will to other people too. So you and her sort of talked about Mark Marin maybe as a gold standard, I think. Yeah, yeah. Which is true to me too. I'm actually really obsessed with his um, podcast, so I thought that was interesting that you guys even – that you connected that. And um, you said things – I'm just going to read the list, okay? Yeah, okay. I'm okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'll just see what Carol, I didn't know she was taking notes. She's like a spy. You didn't? I don't think I remember oh, her taking really? notes. Oh, she really? She's a good a reporter. really good memory. She's also been really, like, she's been really great about uh, my career. I just want to really, like, give her a shout out. You know how supportive she is? It's really, like, it's really, like, well, we all know how. Yeah, she wrote about me once. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, it's really great to have that support. And Carol and I have dinner sometimes and stuff, like I said. So, so. What's, she, what's on the list? Mark Marin, what the fuck, more traction, less nice, not mean, what the fuck are you talking about, more challenging, not as respectful, our kindness will come through, do more of them, um, get higher level people. Oh, uh, that sounds so snotty. I did point out that you done Micheline Thomas. Yeah, you did. Carol defending I, yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, make it more about what she wants from the guests. Less talk, but be more demanding. Mm-hmm. Artists respond well to demands. He would have been funnier if I had been more challenging. Yeah. Okay, so can you explain that to me? Well, because artists don't – you don't – go into it because you want approval. You know what I mean? I mean, you do. You know, you're always sort of in this 
childish world of kind of your dealers, your parent, and the collectors, your parent, and you're trying to please people. But reality, you're really not. You don't really, you don't really need their approval. You just need it practically because you need to sell work and get opportunities. But fundamentally, artists are really thick-skinned, and we're not that nice with each other. I mean, we're not not nice. We're just we don't hold back words. Mm-hmm. So, did you think that I was giving you like a lot of? Polite approval. Did yeah, you? Yeah. You did. Yeah. Interesting. And you know what's funny? And is all I can do is Kramer say, Thank said you. it too. You know? Kramer said it too. See, that's what was interesting is that David Kramer, you know yeah, him? Yeah, yeah sure. he kind of agreed. He kind of on his own said the same things. So I have this problem. And actually, when I was, I think, so I was thinking that maybe it was an authority thing that I have a problem with you. Uh, that I with you I think I have a problem with you and guys like you because I think there's something about you that represents like a male authority figure Me? like with Tom uh-huh. Tom the president of the station yeah um, so I think that um, I get I get nervous maybe uh-huh. and um, I feel like I'm worried. I feel like, yeah, I'm worried that you're not going to not going to like me. I always get people who say, "Oh, I always thought you were so intimidating." I always get that. You do. Yeah, I've always gotten. I, I got it. I've gotten it ever since like college, and it's nothing. I don't. I mean, it just is. Maybe it's because I'm tall. I have no idea. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty unconscious of why it would be. Because I don't feel like I'm any more critical or um, standoffish or engaged than anyone else. Right. I think when I'm actually being really friendly, I'm at my most intimidating because I think I'm very abrupt. I'm like, hey, I like your work. And people look at me like I'm going to – like it's weird to say that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I also I also think that you were really different than I ma- – I imagine you'd be more – I don't know um, – sharper. I mean like – Maybe I imagined you to be like I found after you were here for a while. I fe- I felt a lot more relaxed, but in the beginning, I mean, I didn't know you, and also I realized like the gay thing, the fact that I didn't know if you were gay or straight, and then when I asked <laughs> you that, so I was probably a little uncomfortable about that because you know, that's you know, the, like I was thinking about it before I asked you, uh-huh. so that was probably distracting. Uh-huh. Um, but I do want to get over my fear of authority. And I think that's really the challenge, the challenge. So can you help me understand, like, what I could have done or what – can you give me any ideas? Um, well, just more pointed questions that are more – I can't describe it. When you listen to some interviewers, they have a way of seeming like they don't quite approve of their guest. Ah, which is what Mark Maron does, and that's why they're so good, is because the guest is trying to get them please to him, him because right. he has this way of being very sarcastic or critical of them. Not mean, right. just challenging. So it allows the guest to become – to shine more because anyone who's being interviewed obviously is – they wouldn't do it if they didn't want attention. You know what I mean? Huh. Like, like no one who's being interviewed is just accidentally there. 
Like you say yes to the experience because right. you want to shine right. in that right. hour. You know, that's interesting. So, like, I think one of the things that I was thinking about when I re-listened to the interview was that when I was asking you about drawing, uh-huh. do you remember that? Like, yeah. you, I found out that you didn't draw and right. that you paid people to draw. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's part of me, there's a part of me that was thinking, what? You don't fucking draw? Well, I mean, I draw with my machines and my paints and my whatever. I make things, but I don't take a pencil and draw things. I really don't enjoy doing that. Right, and that you hire people. Well, I have one assistant. I don't have a whole – it's not like a whole thing. I have one assistant who does airbrush. Right, right. So he does the stuff that I can't do because it's so detailed that I don't have that skill. I I don't have that steadiness in my hand. And nor do I have the patience. So I know exactly, like in my work, I've given myself the job of being a creative director of my own multimedia company. Small as it is, in my deluded mind, I think I have a multimedia company and I'm slowly working my way through projects and different media. So really, like any company, whatever it takes to get the thing done, you know, so... I've done a show of drawings, those index card drawings, mm-hmm. which were totally handmade, hand-drawn, mm-hmm. hand-printed. Right, right, right. But then I can do something which is I'm not touching all that much. Right, right. Um, I guess, like, what I was thinking when I was listening to it again was that I – because we're talking about disapproval, and I actually did judge you there uh-huh. in my own mind because I was like, what? What? This guy doesn't draw, and then he gets somebody to draw for – he just hires somebody? Where's he getting the money? What a spoiled brat. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, that is what I was thinking. And the thing that's really interesting is that I was – so this is good because I was afraid to say that to you. And See, I like being called a spoiled brat. That makes me happy because I think it's funny. Right. And I know you don't mean it. In a in a gross resentful way, you're you're doing it in a way which is lighthearted and funny, right. which is exactly what I think you should have done in the first place. Huh? Interesting. There's a lot to object with any artist. I mean, any artist who's making some kind of living is, is selling things for too much money, um, has too much free time, and is too lucky. Right. I mean, it's not about resentment, but it's like about how did you pull this off? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But I also think it's kind of weird. I mean, what I'm wondering about is, like, how much is me, how much is you? Because, like, what happened was, um, what I'm hearing you say is that when you you expect, when you have, you expected me to be, like, critical of you, I think. Well, not critical. Or crit- just poking just at you a more. A little more bad mommy. A little more bad mommy. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like, so, Mark Marin is very bad daddy. Like right. disapproving parent. That's what he does. And it works really well for his very egotistical and fragile entertainment industry guests because they then want to please him. Right. So they're really funny or so really they take, sincere. They take, he takes charge more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I need to take charge more. Actually, on the, on the drawing thing, it's interesting because I'm doing a project with my friend Inka S and I. Oh, she yeah, yeah. Work. She draws. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's incredible, She's right? the drawing person. So we sit on the floor of my studio, and we've been doing these things where I, I put something through my machine and make an image or do whatever I do. And then she 
does her amazing brush stroke, like her yeah. her line over it, and then I, I go back to it. We've been coming up with these really, really cool images, and it's funny because in the end, it is that we're both drawing. We're just both drawing in completely different ways. She's drawing with this incredible well of talent, and right. and I'm drawing just with my brain, basically. Right, right. You know? So what I was sort of challenging, or what I was sort of thinking in my head, was like, how do you get the work done? Uh-huh. You, you know, mean on what you level? Can't, if you can't draw it, oh. then how do you get the work done? You know, or how do you, and how do you, how do you pay for it? Um, I, you know, I've made. Through your work? Yeah, through my work, through being smart about certain um, investments, through mm-hmm. just being, doing what artists do. I mean, honestly, when everything, at the end of the year, when my taxes are done and everything, yeah, I have no income. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, everything goes into my work and it. It always will, because even if I made more money, I would do a longer animated film, or I'd make more of the paintings, or I'd do whatever. I also love employing people because it's thrilling to actually support someone's work. Yeah, totally. So it's addictive, because you're like, wow, this guy's like able to sit in my studio and have a really cool job with flexible hours and make cool stuff with me. And then you it's know. fun to have somebody else around. It's Well, I, yeah, the reason I stopped being the kind of artist I used to be, which was just purely going into my studio and making my paintings, was that I actually don't enjoy, uh, I don't enjoy that kind of um, being alone and being without kind of a constant conversation. It's not, in the, ah. end, it wasn't who, in the end, it wasn't who I was. I mean, mm-hmm. I need a lot of alone time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but in terms of work, I like to work things out verbally mm-hmm. with, with someone else there and discuss it all, like they're there all the time. Right, basically. right, right, right. You'd be, you would have been a great creative director in advertising. Well, that's what I Have am, you? basically. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. Um, so let's talk about your relationship with your mother. What was uh-huh. that like? Because I want to see. She was at my opening. I, did you meet her? No, no. But I want to understand how much is me and how much is her. What? So what was your mom like with you? Was she like totally approving or very critical? Or My what? mother? Yeah. I mean, when I was growing up? Yeah. She was a mother. I mean, not all of my choices were embraced by her because... I don't think anyone wants their kid to be gay. I don't think anyone wants their kid to necessarily be an artist, even though she was pretty psyched about my being an artist. But it was kind of easy because I started to show when I was 24. So right. it's not like and she you, had to wait for 10 years for me to get something you, going. You did pretty well right away. Yeah. And that helps, too. That, that helps. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that helps a lot. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, she's she's my mother. I love her. We have a past of, like, we argue, we like each other, we still argue. You know. Well, how about the approval? How much approval do you get from her? Oh, God. Or growing up, I, growing up. On, on many levels, probably way too much as the youngest boy. And also, my mother is um, into art, and I was into art. And I think maybe a lot of the reason I do art is because my mother used to take me to galleries in Soho when I was a kid. Right, right. So we'd go to Sonnabend and Leo Castelli and... When I started showing it, when I started showing at Sonnabend, it was like a big deal, I think, for her because she was partly responsible for that. Right, right. It felt good to her. So she was all. So she's been in. She's. You get a lot of approval from her. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Does it sometimes feel like it's um, maybe because she's your mother doesn't count as much as you would hope, hope or like, or maybe you know. Well, yeah, it's totally different when your mother likes your work and when someone who likes your work, I mean, of course, it's thrilling when someone just comes into your gallery yeah, that doesn't, doesn't know, know you, you and likes your work. Right, right, right. And I always think that really, I I usually think that I have a superstition that if I meet the person, that they're not going to like my work. 
So oh, weird. Yeah, I always feel like I screw it up on some level. Like I'm too – I say something – that might sound flip, but isn't, or I'm too sincere, or I'm too whatever. I just, you I feel like. You don't like that role. You don't, you're not comfortable in that role. You want them to respond as Yeah, I work. just want them to respond. And once I know I have some approval, then I'm really happy to meet them. But going into my show to meet someone who doesn't really know my work and mm-hmm. hasn't met me makes me really self-conscious. Because I feel like, why do they want to meet me? Am I somehow part of this equation? Like, if they like the work, would it matter if I was, like, in jail or something? I mean, it doesn't... You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but, you know, it's also really interesting that your your being, your presence, um, interaction with the person makes the the sense of what what they say about your work. Like, it's interesting that you have that perception that... Um, the work that you have influence over how whether you know that it, you're affected by that at yeah. all because i don't think every artist is well and, I'm, I'm very idealistic so i always think it should just be the work and i i know better but i still very idealistic but that sounds very intellectual to me i think it's something that you just emotionally have a sense of when so- when somebody compliments your work or, you know, the perception that somebody has after they see your work, after they meet you. Did you ever, um, did you, did it ever, like, did you ever, do you resent people? Like, do you ever resent people, you know, your mother's approval? Did you ever resent it? It felt too easy or something like that? No, no, I always, I always felt, because she's not, She's not goofy about it. Right. She just shows up. I mean, every show I've ever had in Europe or anywhere in the United States, my parents would come, and my father has passed away. But my mother uh, comes to a lot of stuff. They came to my, she came to my last uh, show in Berlin. You know, and I, it's fun because I feel like I'm offering her an experience. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a way of giving back. I mean, does she drive me crazy a bit? Well, she's my mother. I mean, I can't, you know. It, but it's sort of, but my friends drive me crazy too. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I'm a touchy yeah. person. So it's the it, other know. people. Yeah. It's the other people. So do you respect, um, or le- I don't know if respect's the right word, but do you take seriously like your mother's evaluation of art in general like do you agree with her opinions on work we actually have very similar taste in art very very similar yeah i mean Mm -hmm. she likes things that are really bold and i do too um she's always liked uh that's why she always brought me to galleries really good galleries because she always liked uh, art that was a significant bold statement Hmm. um and uh I'm this exact same way. I have the exact same taste that she does in art. Like I never, she never calls anything bullshit. She always gives it a look. At, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. So um, she, you really res- So her comments mean something to you? Yeah. You know that way that Jews trust culture. I mean, it's sort of like one of these weird Jewish yeah, I guess things. So. Like we trust, you know, certain kinds of Jews. We have mm-hmm. this this unshakable trust in culture, and mm-hmm. for good or for bad. She's a representative of that, and I am too. Like, it's very rare when I look at art and I just say, this is just total bullshit. I, I kind of trust that it is something. So does she um, – do, does she ever um, – like, does she, do you get her opinion on things? Would you go that far? Yeah, we go to galleries together. No, but I mean, like, on your work, would you say – Oh, no, no. Do you ever ask anybody else, or do you always kind of know what you want? I don't ever ask anyone's opinion. I was actually joking about it the other day. I mean, I the only time I ask opinions is from certain friends who work in video, 
and I have them to see the videos because video needs to be looked at by by people because right. it's a there's things in the videos that maybe I don't catch little right. glitches or things that look awkward. And since I'm trying to create a very seamless sort of commercial feeling in my videos, mm-hmm. I need to have a little, little like test group. But it's funny, like the other day, someone came to my studio, and she started critiquing something, and I just said, "You don't, you don't have to do this. You're off the hook. You're just here to look. I didn't right. ask you what your opinion, right. and right. I know you're smart, but." Did you not want to know what she thought? I didn't care. You know, I'm 51 years old, and it's like I'm not hanging around waiting for someone to approve of me. It's like if I need help at this point, I just should hang it up. You know, it's really funny. You and I are really – you know what? That was another thing I was thinking also is that our approach to making art or our approach to art in the – being artists um, is really different because um, I always ask for feedback, and you are – and I don't know if that's a confident – I don't know if you can say that I'm confident or not confident. It's just maybe I need to know how people perceive it. But you have a vision that you're very directed about, right? We were talking about that last time too. Is well, that what it is? Well, because people say things like, I don't like this part or I don't get that part. And I'm like, well, that's the part that is the part. Like that's just there. You know what I mean? It's not like an accident. Like you don't get it because maybe you don't like it or maybe you'll go home and get it later. But, you know, it's just for me, everything in my work is so considered that I don't really know how to respond to that. Yeah, but it's also really funny that you go in with such a I, – I don't know. It seems like – well, it seems like you have a pretty strong idea about what you want, which is really funny because I guess it's it's different than I work. But what – what I was going to say is I think our relationship to actually being artists is really different because what wh- I was listening to was sort of interesting how you um, wound up like becoming an artist through working, you know, you wound up, you're clearly an artist, but you found yourself there later in life. I mean, well, not as a child, not as like you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah, weren't. Yeah. Whereas like, see, for me, I think that um, – you know, I had a troubled childhood, and this was something I could do to sort of – it was occupational therapy that eventually came into something that probably actually literally saved my life, that I could do this stuff and not go down a dark hole. Whereas I think with you, it seemed like that the dyslexia was a real issue and that this was something that you could feel really certain about because there was no right or wrong. And I think for you, the way that you got to it, also by seeing other artists doing art and thinking, well, you know, I could do this, Yeah. that you wound up being an artist because I think one of the things that you're, you were trying to solve for yourself is um, feeling like you knew what you were doing in a way. Well, the thing that I always try to do is, I mean, it's it's not, I mean, not everyone has to work this way. No. But I work in a way where I try to do something completely mine. And every time it veers into someone else's work, I, I zig my work away from it. So that's my whole guiding thing. I just always wanted to do something that people would look at and say, I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. And I get that a lot with my work. People say this doesn't mm-hmm. look like any other art, which yeah. is annoying because it would be easier for them to place me if it was. Mm-hmm. But I do also get satisfaction out of it because in the end, it is what I wanted 
mm-hmm. initially. So mm-hmm. it's also why I left painting because there were just too many paintings in the world. And I thought, what can I do that – how can I base my work on something that's completely original and new? And so I was looking at 3D animation technology and I was like, no one's – nobody's right. doing this. Nobody's looking new. at this as an art form. They're looking at it as commercial stuff or right. stuff for kids. Right. So would you say that um, that makes sense so that part of what you wanted to do with your work was to find something that was just yours and not right or wrong and that you could feel like your domain yeah. and that you were really, really good at? And Yeah, and, you know, success or, or failure, I don't even know what those things mean in terms of art. Um, uh, at least I know that I kind of, you know, satisfied my own requirements for what I wanted to make and that I was not going to be an artist that people would say, like when I, I write reviews for Art News. Right. And I often will have an artist and I'll say like, like so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And that's a lot of artists are like that. And then I'll write about an artist and I'll think there's no like anyone for this person. They're right. just they're just this self-enclosed system mm-hmm. that is either interesting or not interesting, but you can't validate by saying, oh, well, they're like this person, therefore, you know, they're just validated on their own level, which is right. like pretty much what I always wanted to do. Right. See, that's really interesting to me because I think that is like, um, you know, not a typical way or like that's what makes you want to make art. Right? Yeah, is that that's right? what gets me to the studio. Yeah, so I think that's interesting. I mean, that's not something that... See, I think I figured out something there. Yeah. I want reinforcement for this. See, I'm not going to give it to you because you're, you're just... I can't. Why can't you fucking give me some reinforcement, <laughs> you douche? You're a fucking douche, and that's what you want me to say to you. Well, you know? Because I... Th- I wouldn't be here if I didn't think you had a brain. So I'm not surprised that you figure something out. Like, if I thought you were an idiot, I wouldn't have come back. So if you figure, <laughs> if you figure something out, then I'm not going to applaud you because you should figure things out. You're a smart person. So you have expectations of me that I don't have of myself, probably. I have high expectations of people in general. It's a big flaw. So I, I tend to think if you're oh. smart then you should just do smart things. See, this is so threatening. You're so threatening to me. This, see, I can't figure out if I need to work out my issues with everyone as a, as a, you know, in my interviews or with people like you. I think part of it is with people like you because you represent my dad. My dad, who was very, very bright, knew he was very, very bright and totally disapproving and stoic. I mean, not even stoic, just not not present Mm -hmm. never talked to me never went anywhere with me never felt i never felt comfortable alone with my father like Mm -hmm. it made me feel awkward and he would say shit like when i'd come show my work he'd say things like he'd call that art so um is this another one of your crazy ideas and then he would say um he'd call me like i forget what exactly dumb head or you know make but i don't insult people it's not my no, way. No, no, I'm not saying you do that, but this is what right, I'm dealing right. with. So I project that onto you. That's what I'm saying. Right. You see it as an insult because I'm just sort of sitting here expecting you to be what I think you are. We, or whatever, which I don't expect you to th- see. You, in your mind, think that um, you, in your mind, think I'm smart and you think I think I'm smart. Yeah, right? I think you're fine with yourself. You seem that way to me. So I don't. you're not the kind of person to be like, no, you're so great. And I, I can't stand <laughs> Yeah, you hate that. Like, well, you I hate, hate people like that. 
And I, I, I particularly find that it's a, it's a thing that women do more than men. Oh, oh, see, it is a woman thing. Well, it's not a woman thing. There are no, no. women and men things. I just figured that the way women are socialized, they are more, they look for approval in, right. in more of a... Overt. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why, but like a man would never, you know, most men, I'm, and men rarely say, is that Okay. Yeah, you know, right, it's, it's right, like that Amy right. Schumer skit about women saying "I'm sorry" all the yeah, time. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, like right. they—it's this female. It's—it's it's not gender linked. It's socialization. But right. men are like me are err on the side of arrogance, where we just sort of say, "Well, of course you're smart. I'm here. Like, right. what a jerk right. I am. Right. I'm, I just right. think I think you know you're smart because I'm like so great to be here." Like, it's <laughs> total asshole behavior. <laughs> that is such a that's that is such an asshole yeah, thing yeah but, it is. but yeah but it were it were well no i mean that's who you are yeah i'm an <laughs> asshole <laughs> now see that's why it's so frightening for me because i i deal with like i at the end of the day like i have no confidence i mean i really don't i've worked on it for years and years and years but like deep 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 inside that's my default and um I'm okay with it because I understand it and I don't take it personally. And I've spent my entire life, honestly, um, trying to compensate for it and not ask people if I'm doing okay and all that stuff. So So I've managed it. But I think when I'm in a room with somebody like you, it's just like he thinks I'm an asshole. He has no respect. Well, you just have to fake it. Yeah, I mean, I know that. And that's what everyone else does. No, I know, I know. I mean, no one goes into, I mean, I, I get terrified before a show goes up. And when it is up, I feel completely embarrassed by the work. I look at it and I'm like, I, I think I like it in my studio. And then it, I hang it. And I feel this rush of embarrassment. Like, what the <laughs> fuck am I doing here? Standing in a room with all this stuff that I've made, like some awkward fat bar mitzvah boy, like, you know, <laughs> that I once was. Like, I just feel totally... And all these people are coming over and saying hello, and I'm like, I, I'm really happy they're there, but I feel like a big spoiled idiot, and that's because I, you know, we none of us really think that we deserve whatever things. I mean, most of us are self-deprecating in in our innermost thing. I guess so. But you know, sometimes you just have to put on like you know a blazer and go out and, and fake it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also trying to be very real. That's the other thing. Right. Like I don't want to have I don't want to have any faking in here. I want to. I if you're an asshole, I want to know about it. And I right, don't, but only by faking confidence will you ever get it out of me. Because I'm not going to reveal that unless you're you can show me that you're in control of the see, situation. See, Otherwise. Yeah. Anyone will just walk all over you. And why would I say, why would I insult myself? Um, I mean, to be funny, which is true. But, like, why would I actually do that if I wasn't asked to? Right. So I should ask you to insult yourself. Well, yeah. Okay. Now let's practice or, some uh, exercises. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see. I just did it. I just did it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just admitted to being kind of a dick. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was so awesome. So you did it. You did it already. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what about criticism? So wait, when you see your work, you say you, you feel like it's, do you feel that your work is good or not good when, when you have it hanging up? You're wor- worrying about it? I think it's 
good. I mean, I wouldn't hang it if I didn't think it was good, but that doesn't make me feel any better about it, if that makes any sense. Thinking so it's good. So is it the situation? You know. Is it the situation that you've invited all these people there to look at your work, or is it more like how you feel? I feel like when you're doing a show, when I'm doing a show, mm-hmm. I get all wrapped up in it, all excited about the work, all mm-hmm. excited about inviting people mm-hmm. and there's a dinner, who's going to mm-hmm. come, and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you're, I'm so into it. And then the show's up, and I feel like maybe this might be, you know, is this just a totally, like, delusional fugue state that I've been in? <laughs> you know, like, what, now what have I done? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, so, as I said, like, I, liking my own work on certain levels does not make me feel good about it. Mm-hmm. It's it's well, you know. How do you grow from how do you grow then? How do you grow from criticism or? Well, I mean, I I I grow a lot through the few people I know who I talk about my work with, who I really believe they have insight, and I mm-hmm. also grow from. There's something in the reason showing is important for me. That there's something intangible that you feel when you have a show up. Right, you can feel whether you're communicating. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about sales mm-hmm. or reviews or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's something very intangible about about it. And somehow mm-hmm. the world tells you what's working, what's not working. Yeah, that's true. Which about is almost everything. Listen. And your haircut and, and, you know, whatever you – and, like, how your house is arranged yeah. and things like everything. And you can choose to not listen or you can choose to listen or whatever. But that information comes at you very slowly – Right. And it's very distracting for the period the show is up. You're very distracted right. by that sort of stuff. You know, you are in a kind of privileged position in that you've been very successful since you were 24, right? Yeah, I mean, off and on. I mean, it's not been like some, you know, I mean, I've there's been two major recessions. Uh, you know, I've changed galleries. I've left the art world for a few years. I mean, it's it's but what I've always had is opportunities. Whenever there's always something there's always something coming up. And also, you know. like, you had a major show when you were 24, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, that's a huge period of development for a lot of people where um, that want to be artists where they're not getting anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think that also must instill some confidence. I think it's you. actually easier to get a show when you're 24 than it is when you're 40, no, in a certain way, yes. I mean, I don't think it was – I don't give myself that much credit for that because I was around. I was writing for Art Forum. I was making some good work. People were curious and why not? You know, there's a, there's a sense of like why wouldn't why – would, let's just do this. It wasn't that hard, but it became harder later when you're older, you have these substantial prices. So, the pe- you know, you, mm-hmm. you're, you're more scrutinized right. by – you know, you're no longer this – fun kid you're actually someone who's it becomes much harder you know as you get older Mm -hmm. i think in a Mm -hmm. way but also i mean that whole like there's a certain humbling humbleness and humbling to struggle right yeah and i certainly got it i mean it you know in the 90s the entire art world crashed and Many of us didn't sell anything. All the magazines closed that we used to write for. Everything ended, and mm-hmm. a lot of careers ended. So mm-hmm. a lot of us, without fighting really hard, could have also ended up on the scrap heap. I right. mean, they were throwing artists out, you know, and only mm-hmm. the ones who said, we are not going to be thrown out, lasted. And mm-hmm. that is very humbling mm-hmm. when people want to throw you out. Mm-hmm. And they did, you know. Mm-hmm. 
they wanted to throw at me and almost everyone I knew. So mm-hmm. it's very, very humbling because you, you, you think – like I thought I knew that it was all bullshit, but I didn't really know. Mm-hmm. And I see artists now and they're having their moment and they're like 35 mm-hmm. they're having their and they're moment, selling exactly. things. And, and I know they know intellectually that this isn't going to last, that they're going to have to someday, you know, retool their work or, mm-hmm. or adjust mm-hmm. to a different kind of level of attention. Mm-hmm. But I know you don't really know until you, you get the sledgehammer mm-hmm. in the head. Mm-hmm. Right, know? right. Okay, so here's one of the things that I am resenting about you. Let's try this. Um, is that I'm feeling that the my role or my connection to art is through struggle, like through my whole life from like when I was a little kid and stuff. And I'm feeling like you waltzed in, in the middle and like you became successful quickly. Yeah, I did. So do you see what I'm saying? So now I'm feeling resentful to you. I also went to like a fancy college and had fancy professors who all helped me get ahead. They all got me internships and you're and handsome. Jobs and, well, whatever. And tall. I used to be, but they, uh, they, uh, they, um, yeah. But I had f- professors that got me opportunities um, because I was at a really good school, so right. which my father taught at. So yeah, there's a lot to kind of like you resent. Know. Yeah. And do you feel that from people? Yeah. Oh, so you, so I probably really resent you is what I'm hearing. Yeah, at some point, in some way. Yeah. So what about me? Is there something that you envy or resent about me? I don't envy people that much. I envy specifics about people, like uh, the artists that got opportunities that I would like. You know, like they get this project and I'd be like, God, I could, I could – not that they can't do it well, but mm-hmm. I would really like to get my hands on that budget and that site and do that thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I don't. I don't get. It's not my thing. I'm too. So you don't compare yourselves to, to other people oh, that com- much. Well, only only um, in the way I just said. I right. feel like like they're it's like they must be working harder than I am because I don't know. How, I didn't even know about that thing, and they have it. You know oh, I, mean? I see. Um, I'm so absorbed in what I do that really, I'm and I'm not. I'm not the most like aware person in the world like i'm not that sensitive to vibrations i kind of just plow through right so you know i don't get kind of like wrapped up in that right kind of stuff right right you know it's really funny too interested in myself no no it is really funny though it is like definitely um there is definitely an element of like you know and and this is this isn't a cartoon this is a bit of a cartoon here i hope you know that right what? What we're t- this whole yeah, conversation, yeah, yeah. but um, there is a bit of like white guy resentment. I've been hearing so much people like there is definitely I haven't had the opportunities because I'm a neurotic, unloved. I mean, this is so awful. I'm not. This sounds like so victimy, but that's not what I'm. That's not. Hey, I've gotten a lot done, and I've. It's taken a lot of initiative. But you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like I – there's a lot of stereotypes going on in here, like where there's some resentment where you're like a white guy with all the privileges. Yeah. Which is so funny, right? Well, it, I, I get it. I understand it and I, I know it. But also I don't know – there's nothing I can do about it. I mean I think a lot of like – liberals wish a sort of reign of hell on their own heads for having, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, no, I know. I My husband you know, goes through it, too, believe you me. I'm just born without, I don't have, I haven't, I'm, I'm not prone to guilt. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I kind of feel like, you know, it, it and I'm, I'm not also thinking like, 
I don't think I'm that. I mean, I, I give work to charities. I yeah, try to yeah, help yeah. people. But I don't think I'm a very good – I don't try to balance it out with good works or anything. It's just – Right, right. I, I don't know what right, – I don't. Right. I mean, when I give something to a charity or when I help a friend, it's because I feel strongly that I, I should do that. But it's not like I'm like, I've had so much and they have nothing. I mean, I don't – No, but you, you know, know what? what? I, mean? I feel like – I feel like, okay, so then my work is more – well, then my work is more empathetic. That's what I'm now I'm thinking like, well, his work is great, but you know, he's not he hasn't suffered as much as I have and his work doesn't have the empathy and the depth and the way of connecting with people that my work does. But you're only looking at suffering in a very very material way. I mean, people, I mean, no emotional. You know. Like, I mean, I mean, and I'm. I mean, it's pretty stupid using the word suffering when we're talking. Like, I did. You know, there's Syrian refugees and shit like that. I mean, ridiculous. Um, I feel like an asshole for even saying it. But no, it's. I mean, but my parents were really pretty abusive. Okay, mm-hmm. and my brother was pretty fucked up, and I have a lot of really like horrible. I had a really difficult. I, my parents were really mean to me. I did not get any love or secure or very little love and security. And um, I had a lot of depression and shit like that. And I'm—I mean, my life is amazing now. Right now, my life—I am, you know, I could really—I am very grateful for the life I have and the work I make. I'm very proud of it and all that other shit. But the thing is that um, I feel like that I went through a lot to get to where I am now, and I feel like that gives me that the reward for that is this capacity to connect with other people. Yeah, you're probably right. You know? You're probably right. I, I think, though, genetically, uh, judging from the the sort of uh, type of men that run in my family, I could have any kind of upbringing, and I would still sort of be equally self-involved, you know? Yeah, well... I mean, I, it's not... I'm not... I'm not like wildly self-involved. It's just I've chosen a profession that just is about going into a place by myself controlling everything. And I, I don't think there's not an artist in the world who isn't completely self-involved or there's not an no, actor in the no, world who isn't. And, no. you know. But it's funny. Like you are definitely – like I definitely put you in a type. And the thing is that I really do think makes – and it's not just you. It's your stereotype that makes it easier. And I've seen this in advertising agencies is that – Ability to focus on your own work and not, um, you know, I might not give a fuck sometimes what people think, but I'm still wildly aware of it. Yeah. I can't tune it out. Well, it's very hard to tune out. But I think that because of whoever I am or for whatever reasons, I just was born with a certain level of arrogance mm-hmm. where I just really don't care what people think. <laughs> but I am good at choosing choosing people who I ask their opinion. Right. So I just right. look at it more pragmatically. Right, right. Yeah, I think you're very pragmatic yeah, with people. Yeah, I am pragmatic. Yeah. But you, um, so we have 10 minutes left. So yeah. are there any notes that you can give me? Did you learn, did, did you get anything, did we learn anything today? Yeah. I think you were better. Yeah? Yeah. You're sharp, you were sharper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to call you an asshole. That was actually yeah, really see? fun. And that was the fun part. That was the fun part. That was my <laughs> whole point. That was actually the fun part. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think I learned something, and uh, yeah. Why do I give a shit what what men? You know, like I don't, I don't need to care anymore. You should, no, I don't think you should. No, I mean, I, you're doing your thing, and I think you just you. But I have a lot of opportunities. Yeah, but, but you can't not care. If you care, then you care. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like when 
It's like those meditation things when they say empty your mind. And you're like, that's not possible. That's never going to happen. <laughs> that's, imp- that's ridiculous. So what kind of things do you and David argue about? Like, do you have emotional arguments? Like, what would he say about you? Um, we frustrate each other. In what ways? We both get frustrated about things and then we can't communicate. And we just walk around the house being frustrated and then we drive each other insane. And we start, you know. So you don't say anything. You both, do you both shut up, clam up? No, we kind of get in these fights, but they're just, they're not like, they're not, uh, we don't tend to discuss. It's not like you make me feel like, you know, it's not a lot of that. Uh-huh. It's just more... It's more like more white guy fights. Yeah, it's like God, you're fucking annoying. Like that kind Were of thing. Were you on sports teams? No, I, I have no. Um, oh. I don't. No, I did uh, <laughs> musical theater. Right, right. And got called faggot and stuff like that. Oh God, yeah. musical theater. Yeah. See, that's what I was thinking about, though. Amy Schumer, you know, because she, when you said her, like she, she wouldn't give a shit. And I actually, you know, I did this this TV pilot actually, mm-hmm. and. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with it. I still don't know. But um, so, and it's for like local TV, but um, not, not, not network. But um, so I was thinking, you know, Amy Schumer wouldn't give a fuck about like when I walked in to do it. Like Amy Schumer wouldn't give a fuck. She'd just be like out there doing it. Or she would, but she would just plow through it, which I think, I think you can't be funny uh, without, on some level, having great vulnerability. Just like any artist. I mean, every artist has to have great vulnerability. Like, right. we're just, you're born with that, and that makes you very sensitive to certain sorts of vibrations. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a lot of artists can tune out vibrations of those closest to them, but they mm-hmm. don't tune out other vibrations that they're very, very sensitive to. And it, it's all, we're all sensitive to something. I don't think you can be a good actor, artist, writer without having a, a real sense of, of vulnerability. I agree. But I also think expressing vulnerability brings you closer to other people. It does. I mean, it's sometimes I think that people use it as a trick. You know, like I think yeah. it's a, I think women sometimes use it as a trick. I agree. Like to get to get things. It's not something men can use because when a man expresses vulnerability it's unattractive but when a woman does i think men who sure. want them women to be passive find it very charming i mean it it makes me ill uh, when women express vulner- the kind of vulnerability i express yeah. vulnerability but i don't think i i'm very um but you say it flat out so it's good yeah i'm also very judicious about who i express it right. to and how i express it and i'm not afraid of it that's the thing i'm not fucking afraid of it so that's different yeah, because I'm not – I have, like, shame. Put it out there. Hello? Hello? People can just use it sometimes to play people. and it, it Women, yeah. You know. But those are particular types of women. And men play people with other equally noxious things. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Also, like, the art – like, most of the art projects that I do are very much self – whatever, self-initiated. They're not, like, in an organization and stuff like that. So – it's very different. It's I feel like I'll, that's the only way I'm comfortable is operating outside an organized world where I have to be accepted into it because then I don't feel like I have control. I think I do need control, but I think I need to make it like my thing right, right from the beginning, not like I'm doing this work at your gallery because then I wind up feeling sometimes like they're not going to like it uh-huh. or I have to think about that. Right. So do you ever think about that or? No. 
<laughs> I mean, I've shown with galleries, and I feel like they wouldn't show me, or they wouldn't put all this money and time into me if they didn't like the work. I mean, sometimes they can't sell it, or sometimes whatever. But mm-hmm. I think it would make no sense to say, "Well, we're showing this work we don't like," especially when it's always involved in video and a projection. I mean, it's expensive to right, do a show of mine, so right, right, and usually right. they have to help me pay production or whatever. Oh, so, so they have to make a commitment going. Yeah, in. so I never think they don't like the work. I get a little nervous if it's not commercially successful because I'm like, God, they put all this money into it. Now it's like Mm -hmm. sitting here. Mm -hmm. You know, I I feel like a little crazy about that. But no, it doesn't make any sense. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. But I do. I mean, I have a show up now and I think like, God, I mean, I see people posting things and of shows and mine's not on there. And I'm like, why did they not like it? I thought they liked mine. It's like stupid ass shit. But I it's that it's the rabbit hole you know it's like you go down it every once in a while hmm. so what makes you question your work like where you're going or if you're doing a good job does anything like does that ever happen yeah, it must yeah happen. all the time I, I always as i said when i have a show up i look at it and i feel completely embarrassed like maybe this was just a you know but, am I, I i have a fundamental worry that i've just been very very wrong from the very beginning mm-hmm. like it's based on principles that are perhaps just ridiculous and then I look at what I do and all the effort I put into it and all the time, money, and work and other people's commitments to me. And, yeah, you feel, like, weird. Like, is this just not – am I wasting everyone's time? Is this just nonsense? So has that ever happened to you where you – where where? I mean, you've had that anxiety, but have you ever actually – has that actually really ever happened? No. No, I mean, it's always it's always. So you know, and you're in, even when it's happening, you know, like, well, that's not going to happen because it never happens. Yeah, but it's funny. You're in your studio. You're in your own personal little yeah. weird world, and then you know, you're not tested by reality that much. I mean, when you have a job, you're always tested by reality because people are supervising you or criticizing mm-hmm. you. You know, I get a review once every whatever. I mean, it's not like. There's a steady stream of people coming and telling me what right. to do. Right, no, it's true. So it's easy to think that I could just be like, you know, just this nut in my studio, like mm-hmm. doing all these stupid things and that everyone's out there going like, what the fuck happened to him? So anyway, this is this. We got three minutes left. And I just um, so this is interesting. I, uh, this is going to give me a lot to think about, I think. Um, and um, I'm going I'm Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm group therapy. That's the whole thing with group therapy. You do group therapy? Every week for years, like over 10 years. Uh-huh. So a lot of that is about sharing vulnerability and stuff like that and learning how to feel safe doing that. Um, but it's also, you know, you're not, really, you're not really challenged in a certain way to be intimidated by the other people because right. you can call them on it. Right. You know, and, and it's in a safe place. So I have to feel like I'm going to feel like I'm always in a safe place. What I have to do, you're inspiring me. I'm going to be like, fuck it. I am not focusing on other people. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, because group therapy is helping me understand my feelings in the moment. You know, you Mm -hmm. do say them in the moment, which is great. And so I just need to do that and, like, fuck what everybody else thinks. Because if I said, I, I have to stop yeah, because, like, I was worried about offending you, and you probably would have really liked that. Yeah, well, because you're naturally a, a likable person, so you're not – I wouldn't think you were really trying to. I think you were playing with me, and that's the funnest thing. I is, have pissed you know, people off, though. 
Really? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that hurts a lot, too, because I was supposed to do, like, I was planning on having a monthly show at this um, club, and one of the comedians complained about me doing the therapy, that she didn't like what I said and she wasn't prepared, and then, like, they told me I couldn't work there anymore. But then See, you're probably on a, good, on a good track then. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. should do exactly whatever you were doing then. Yeah. And keep doing that. And it has worked out well since then. Good. It's true. So um, I want to keep, you know what I'm supposed to do now? I'm supposed to encourage people to um, listen to the show after this, which is called Ink and Something. This is new. This is this is season. Do you know you're on season two now? You're like my first oh, guest yeah? on season. Yeah, we've been doing this six months now. Congratulations. Yeah, so season two. Um, and I had it out. Now I can't see it. Fuck it. I'm going to have to learn this. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like a really interesting show that's on after this one that involves reading and writing. And it's by somebody whose last name I can't pronounce. And I should probably have them on the show and, like, you know, talk to them about it. Like, find out what's going on in mm-hmm. the other parts of the... Uh... Dr. Lisa gives a shit. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. 